0: Ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestleCast review of Friday Night Smackdown. I'm Shozi.
1: My name's Jeff.
0: And together, our tag team brings to you the latest results and updates of Friday Night Smackdown. And can I just say that this was a pretty good show, despite it being slow-paced, it's still entertained.
1: Yeah, it was a really slow paced show. I mean, just looking at my notes now, I've got about half of what I normally write down in comparison to an episode of Raw. But it was nice. I felt comfortable. It was very pleasant. It wasn't overly full. The matches were good. We had some pre-announced matches. We had a couple of unannounced matches. I was happy with the show. It started off in the ring with Michael Cole and he interviewed Matt Riddle after his shocking victory over AJ Styles a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about how he had great respect for AJ Styles. He was happy to be on SmackDown. He said bro an awful lot. It was like a new Hulk Hogan, you know? He said bro, bro.
0: Like- you could see it was a
1: bromo. Stop it. (laughs) Yeah, Matt Riddle's bromo. It really was a bromo. It was interesting. I think he was nervous. It really came across like he was a bit nervous or maybe in his head he thought what he had to say was a bit better. Michael Cole asked him, why do you compete bare feet? Instead of saying something like, well, I've got an MMA background and that's what we do or something that fits in with his kind of hippie, beachy lifestyle, he told us a really in-depth story about how he went on vacation to Wisconsin and got frostbite. <laughs> and it was just the most <laughs> random thing ever. What? I want to know what inspired
0: Michael Cole to ask Riddle why he wrestles bare feet. There's so many things you can ask him. How is it competing with so many people? How is it being one of the best? But no, let's talk about why you wrestle bare feet.
1: No, I disagree. I think it's actually a really good question because it provides a bit of backdrop to the story and tells us about the character and why he is how he is. All those kind of generic questions, Apollo Crews is really good at asking because he hasn't got a character, for example, just like, oh, it's great to be really competitive. I'm just so proud to be here. I've made it, I've worked so hard, no one cares. I want to know why he doesn't have shoes. I thought that it was probably because of his MMA background or maybe the kind of beach hippie laid back bro vibe. but no, apparently he contracted frostbite from spending too much time in the snow and then going in the pool and that contrast in temperatures cause him frostbite and it's uncomfortable for him to wear shoes. What? <laughs> <That's just> like, <laughs> I am so lost.
0: But I think this came across as one of those stories that only Matt Riddle can tell and get away with. And he just has one of those vibes that, okay, he's saying it so probably happened. And it doesn't matter how he's saying it because he delivers in the ring.
1: Fair point. Personally, i would never been more glad to see Baron Corbin, and you know I'm not a Baron Corbin fan, so that really is saying something. So, King Corbin came down to the ring, and we did call this a few weeks ago when Matt Riddle debuted. We said we think there might be something there. He came down, and despite what I've just said, I'm actually really growing to like Baron Corbin. I think he's really found his character. He's called Riddle an idiot, told Michael Cole to get out of the ring. Said nobody wants Matt Riddle here. And obviously, Matt Riddle was pumped, ready for action. And Baron said, actually, no. Well, you know, you've got to earn a match against me. In which case, you'll have to go toe-to-toe with none other than John Morrison. Now, what a match this was.
0: It definitely was. And personally, I thought this is just going to be another way of getting Riddle to shine. Him popping up as the bigger person, Mm. bigger superstar. Right? no, absolutely not. John Morrison did what he's a natural at. He was the star of that match, in my opinion. And despite Matt Riddle looking good out of this, I still think that John Morrison came out on top. It's absolutely unbelievable what he can do with his parkour ability, combined with his Mm. high flying ability. This guy is not human. This guy is some sort of human and cat hybrid.
1: Absolutely, a hundred percent. He knocked it out of the park. Across the show, we've talked about how it was a bit of a slow show. This was really the only match when it was kind of like draw on the floor, like, oh my God, kind of moments. Like he did not just do that. It had a nice chemistry. There was some good back and forth, but like you say, it was Morrison that stole the show. Some beautiful Agility. He really reminds me of Eddie Gordo, for anyone who's played Tekken before, the character. He's an expert in Brazilian capoeira. Eddie Gordo. That's my Tekken impression. John Morrison. It works, you see. I'd love to play him (laughs) on Tekken. And some of the stuff he came up with was just genius.
0: There was this one spot in the match, which I really loved. He was on the apron trying to get Matt Riddle Mm. to the outside, but Mm -hmm. Matt Riddle was trying to get him to the inside, and out of nowhere, he's sliding through the ropes, popping up from one side onto the other, jumping onto the apron.
1: It was like equestrian, wasn't it? It was like show jumping. It was like horses galloping over hurdles. It was just so graceful and elegant and beautiful. And he shone like a diamond. He really did. And not only that, his heel work was insane. He really, really set Riddle up, looked like he was preparing for an exposed elbow strike and then just thumbed him in the eyes. It was great. It was so, so good. This guy is absolutely gold for me now. He always has been since
0: I've been watching him as a kid, but the current run he's had with The Miz and now this match just puts him on the level of pure gold for me. And can we also talk about the comedic aspect of this match? Matt Riddle was on the outside of the ring when he randomly grabs a flip-flop and smacks Corbin right on the (laughs) head.
1: I loved that and I'm glad the match actually carried on though because I thought, oh, here we go, it's a DQ. But no, the match was actually carried on and ended pretty much cleanly. It really added value to Baron Corbin being there as well, who I thought was really good on commentary, by the way. And speaking of comedy, Corey Graves talking about Matt Riddle saying, did your abs get frostbite too after he'd been hit in the stomach? and he was clutching his midsection. I thought that was really funny. Just to jump back onto Morrison for a second, some of the moves, for example, he kind of did this really elegant flip over Riddle's back, dragged him with pure brute strength into a razor's edge kind of powerbomb situation, which I have never seen before. And he countered a move from the top rope from Riddle, turning it into a bit of a Spanish fly, stood up and immediately did a standing Spanish fly. I'm like, who has that kind of fitness? Honestly, it's insane. He's like an elastic band, that man, I swear.
0: Scratch the Baron Corbin versus Matt Riddle storyline. Give us more John Morrison versus Matt Riddle. 100%.
1: 100%. This match has just shown John Morrison in terms of monetary value. Vince McMahon must have been sat backstage with dollar signs in his eyes because <laughs> I would pay to watch that man again. It was so, so good. Ultimately, though, I think it was probably the right result considering the story they're going to build. Matt Riddle only just won with like a sneaky roll-up. I did like the roll-up he used, but he didn't really come across strong, I don't think. It was all Morrison, but nonetheless, Matt Riddle stole the win and he was backing up the ramp. And What happened next? We had a little promo backstage from Baron Corbin, John
0: Morrison, and The Miz. The Miz refusing to talk, saying that this is not the time, not now. But Baron Corbin said he's going to pull some strings, make some phone calls, and cut the legs off
1: of Matt Riddle's career. Well, it sounds like then that the whole kind of Riddle-Styles angle is over because as he backed up the ramp, Styles actually attacked Riddle from behind, but then Styles was attacked by Gulak and it kind of went into their match. But on their way down as it cascaded into the ring, that's when they went backstage, like you said. And I think really that was almost like a page turner and it worked well. I thought, oh, this could get messy. But it actually worked really well. And like you say, they had that moment backstage where Miz, Morrison and Corbin were furious. And I love that, what he said about going to make sure his legs get cut off his career. I think the whole King Corbin character is working well. And I think he'll work nicely alongside Miz and Morrison in the run up to his match, inevitably, with Matt Riddle. I think it could be a cool angle. What do you think going forward regarding those guys?
0: i think it's gonna work out absolutely amazing if morrison versus riddle is just a speck of what we're gonna see in the future from matt riddle or john morrison give me more i don't mind watching this i don't want to keep seeing what we see on raw and have the same people pop up a million times slow it down give us a match like this absolutely loved it and i'm looking forward to wherever this goes.
1: And obviously, the WWE are dealing with the whole coronavirus outbreak at the moment, with some stars notably being quarantined for two weeks. And SmackDown has just done such a good job. A lot of the stars we saw tonight, we didn't see last week. And a lot of stars we saw last week, we didn't see this week. I don't care because it was a great show and I know those storylines are going on in the back burner and it flowed beautifully. Now, immediately when Corbin announced Morrison as the opponent, my heart leapt with excitement because I knew this could be a really good match and it was. Another match that I've been looking forward to was Gulak versus AJ Styles. We didn't get it last week, but we finally did this week. I was really impressed. It was a really good start, a lot of back and forth, and some nice chain wrestling, so a lot of counters, a lot of reversals. I thought Drew came across really well. There was a lot more striking than I thought there'd be. I thought there'd be a bit more of a technical aspect. And it was threaded in across the match, but not perhaps as heavily as I thought it might be. But overall, for me, this was all about AJ asserting himself as a heel champion. What did you think?
0: AJ was trying to prove himself as the heel champion but Gulak did a great job in being able to make that happen this could have easily been a squash match this could have easily just been AJ Styles taking everything to the end and coming out on top but no Gulak showed off his great abilities like I've always said three people who complement each other perfectly on Smackdown are AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and Drew Gulak. It was also good to see that gulak and styles were showing off their technical ability but it wasn't the main attraction of the match there was yeah. technical that was like you said striking and it went on to one of those big moves Transitioned back into either striking or technical so those transition periods were really good and we had daniel bryant with his thoughts every couple of minutes cole asking him what he thinks of the match mm-hmm. if he thinks that drew gulak's gonna make it with aj styles as his opponent
1: yeah, I didn't actually mind that. I thought, oh, this might be annoying. Having an external star brought in via Zoom during a match could go to one of two ways. But for me, it actually worked. I think the way that it was dealt with, It was more sports-like and Daniel Bryan was an extra pundit offering his expert opinion more so than trying to cut a promo during the middle of the match. And that's why I think it worked. So they did go back to him a few times, perhaps once more than I would have if it was me going in the big red chair or whatever, but it was good. I liked it added to the build for the match. Obviously, like we've said, some superstars are having to quarantine for two weeks. So it was a good way to get Daniel Bryan on TV. Always love to see him. And it led to the most brutal we've seen AJ Styles as of late. Do you want to talk about how the match finished?
0: AJ Styles went for a Styles Clash, hit that Styles Clash, but then refused to cover Gulak. And I was there like, what are yeah. you doing? Why aren't you covering him? You already hit him with the Styles yeah, Clash. me too. But then came what Michael Cole described as a statement to AJ Styles being champion. He went out and hit a phenomenal forearm saying that anyone who comes after me, this is what you're going to get. Despite me questioning the Styles Clash and no pin, the phenomenal forearm, being marked as a statement and then winning the match, I thought it was absolutely perfect.
1: I thought the exact same thing as you. I thought, why has he not covered him? But it turned out to be a stroke of genius. When he didn't cover him, I thought, oh, here we go. Styles is going to be the cheap champ who just keeps the belt by the skin of his teeth, which is not befitting the caliber of wrestler that we know AJ Styles is. However, that wasn't the case at all. He actually used time perfectly, and that's something we don't see very often anymore. We see a lot of this high-flying, quick, fast-paced action. And AJ did nothing for about 10 seconds, just smirked at his opponent, staggered towards the ropes with a bit of a swagger, and put Gulak on the ropes out to dry, dead on his feet before hitting that style of Clash. And it was a fantastic example of how less is more sometimes and using a bit of space and a bit of time, but in a distance between two moves, actually had a greater impact because it was, wow, Drew Gulak is dead on his feet. The lights are on and no one's home here, which we've never seen to that degree. And considering how much they've done to build Drew Gulak, I thought, wow, that is awesome. That's really, really good storytelling. So yeah, two thumbs up for me for that.
0: It definitely was, and I'm I'm really excited to see who AJ Styles next opponent is going to be because yeah. the Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak storyline after that match, I think it's lived its tale. There's no need to push it anymore. Give yeah. someone a new opportunity to step up to the plate, but I'm more excited to see how this all will play up in two weeks to Extreme Rules because that's not a lot of time to build up a good storyline, so I want to see how that plays
1: out yeah fingers crossed he goes on to be a strong champ and has a decent title reign because at the moment everything he's doing is entertaining and grits to the ic title scene so keep it coming wwe that was a fantastic match and i just want to go back to what we said at the beginning we said it was quite a slow show but we've actually talked about quite a lot the reason it felt slower perhaps is because the matches felt longer than normal they weren't just trying to cram everybody in so whilst it sounds like there's been a lot of action there has but the matches were a bit longer if that makes sense. And speaking of a match that we didn't expect to materialize, we would eventually see Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, but how did all this come about? Sasha and Bailey came to the ring. What did they have to say?
0: They said that Sasha three shows and Bailey three shows, or however she described <laughs> herself, were going to take over everything. They were really yeah. happy. And Bailey then went on to say how The Undertaker, or in her way, how Taker called her, and said that she's one of the greatest champions, she's better than Lita, John Cena, Trish Stratus, all of them, and how there should be a celebration dedicated specifically to Bailey and Sasha Banks. And from there, we saw a video tribute to them that had a list of their achievements. But Mm -hmm. the saviors of the night, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, popped up right after this little video and gave a list of their own achievements. Now, (laughs) Joe, did you know that Nikki Cross is the Queen of Scotland and 383rd in line to the throne in England?
1: Apparently so, yeah. I mean, I thought I was cleared up when it came to the the British royal family, but obviously not. Nikki Cross waiting in the wings just in case any unforeseeable circumstances arise. And did you know that Alexa Bliss travelled across Antarctica? (laughs) <laughs> so, I something did not ridiculous know <laughs> yeah. i don't know she might have done it on her hands or so. i can't remember exactly what she said but i remember thinking oh look out for that frostbite you want to talk to really about that <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was hilarious it worked it was really good but
0: from there it took an even better turn when sasha and billy started mocking both alexa and nikki and Bailey got the worst of it when she got this thunderous slab right across her face from alexa bliss and this is something I did not expect to see. Sasha Banks pulled out a page from Bailey's book and put yeah. her in a match against Alexa Bliss. I'm like, ah ha, in your face, Bailey.
1: Yeah, I really liked that. I absolutely loved that because for a while now, Bailey's been throwing Sasha under the bus. But no, Sasha did it in reverse today. And it was really entertaining. It was a nice, a nice comeback. Good to see Sasha becoming a bit more confident. And it just puts a bit more fuel on that fire. I'm sure it's coming 100%. I say it every week. Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam for the SmackDown Women's title. You heard it here first. Before we get to SummerSlam, let's talk about this match. I thought it was good. There was a lot of back and forth. I couldn't see Sasha Banks on the outside underneath all the gold that she was draped in, by the way. She must have fantastic core strength. She held both titles and Bailey's SmackDown Women's Championship around a away. I could have watched this one for much longer, but it looks like it could have gone either way to be honest. Bailey wasn't dressed to compete, so there was that whole element of surprise and taking Bailey by storm a little bit. But yeah, it was Nikki that would come in and actually get Alexa disqualified. Again, turning up the heat for their match ahead of Extreme Rules.
0: I thought this match went on pretty well, seeing that it was an impromptu match. And really was, like you said, thrown under the bus by Sasha. I think she did it well. She worked on Alexa's arm pretty well. Alexa sold that Mm. pretty well. And the disqualification, I thought, was justified because we could see that Alexa wasn't able to run... On 100% because of what Bailey had done to both her arms. So the match ending with Bailey mocking Nikki Cross outside the ring and then Nikki hitting a forearm across Bailey's face to disqualify Alexa, I think that played out mm. well. I think that just builds up her momentum onto Extreme Rules. And I really hope Nikki wins the championship, which is not really a possibility at this time,
1: but yeah. I would really like to see that i know you would we all would but it's not gonna happen <laughs> you never know if you disagree with me though please get in touch with us via social media you can catch us on twitter and instagram isn't that right Josie? you definitely can on twitter you can find us at real dude and on instagram
0: you can find us at the wrestlegram
1: Awesome. As well as being excited to see that match, I'd just like to take a moment just to compare at this point, SmackDown and Raw in a way, because something we always say about Raw is that we see people like a zillion times across the night. There's a bit here, a bit there. They come out and say something, then they have a match later on. Whereas here... Everything was wrapped up in a nice neat little package. Whenever AJ Styles came out and attacked someone, then he was in a match, then he went, and then we never saw him again. Fine, great. For SmackDown, this is working. I'm loving just seeing one story at a time. It's clean. I know what's happening. Things aren't overly interwoven, and it's clear. Don't get me wrong, though. Sometimes it's good to have that promo at the start of the night and a bit of a fallout, and then a main event is made. Very old school, but... It works. But for these shows, you've got two hours between the start and the end. Whereas on Raw, they've not been doing that. Do you think Raw could take some lessons from SmackDown at the moment? They definitely can, and I've
0: said this in the past as well. Raw, if you're listening, watch how SmackDown's quick, concise, and to the point. Because Raw pulling off so much in 15 minutes makes no sense. But SmackDown, stretching that 15 minutes into a whole show and playing it off with a proper timeline, that makes sense to me. Because at this point, we're about an hour into SmackDown, and there have only been about like six or seven points that I have written down. And for Raw, we would have probably been on 15 or 16 points by now because there's so much in one show
1: yeah i think in terms of chronology smackdown is just so much of a better watch at the moment and obviously you don't watch a show just because you like chronology but it certainly makes life easier it's interesting that we talk about that but coming up next was really the main part that i didn't like for me this didn't do anything we saw a promotion for braun versus bray their swamp match and it was just a vt of stuff we'd already seen with a few cutaway shots of a swamp. I wasn't really impressed. Had it just been an advert, I'd have been okay with it, but it got talked up so many times across the night that we were going to see this great build for the match. And it was just audio I'd already heard, video I'd already seen.
0: Didn't really make sense to me, but if they had just stuck to what they said about, let's look at a history about how Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman came to be, I'd understand that, but this was just, like you said, A swamp, some crocodiles, alligators, whatever you want to call them. Bray Wyatt's promo from last week. Braun Strowman's promo from last week. And a few shots from their Money in the Bank match. So I wasn't really into it. But I am looking forward to see how they play this match through. And what their thought process is in trying to get this over with the viewers.
1: I think it's got real potential. WWE have shown that they can produce fantastic cinematic style matches just look at aj versus the undertaker it was awesome so i'm optimistic the concept i think is going to be much harder and less creative i mean how much is there to do at swamp like we said last week i'm half expecting kermit and yoda to jump out (laughs) i guess these guys must be quarantining this week because i thought maybe even just have an episode of firefly funhouse or have separate promos or something or just something new on the end of it but Again, it was just like watching it on catch-up, really, for anyone who missed what was going on.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, I wasn't really fond of this part. This could have just been played out, like you said, as an advert or just a little promo.
1: This match is actually being promoted as a horror show now, isn't it? So it's gone from Extreme Rules to the Extreme Rules Horror Show Swamp Match and i'm interested to see how that's going to work out because compare it to say like the boneyard match boneyard screams horror show swamp more like i don't know sesame street so (laughs) i think maybe they're going to take it down the darker side of things well obviously you'd expect that with bray wyatt but it sounds like they've got something planned the
0: entire pay-per-view is now known as
1: the horror show extreme rules oh wow Why have they changed the branding to blue and yellow then? That's like the color of Ikea. (laughs) I mean, I'm no fan of furniture shopping. It is one of my worst nightmares, but I see blue and yellow. I think meatballs.
0: Well, it is Extreme Rules, so they are going to need tables, chairs, ladders. Don't even finish that sentence.
1: (laughs) Don't even say that. Uh, No.
0: I'm half expecting this to pop up as Extreme Rules, sponsored by Ikea.
1: Yeah, we should change the name of the event to something like Scarred or some obscure piece of IKEA furniture. Speaking of furniture and tables in particularly, we would get a taste of perhaps things to come when we would see the presence of a table towards the end of the next match. The New Day appeared and it would be Kofi Kingston to take on Shinsuke Nakamura. You remember a couple of weeks ago, the New Day lost a non-title match to Shinsuke and Cesaro. And this week, it was Kofi's turn in one-on-one action against Shinsuke. I really thought that this was going to be a good match. And for me, it turned into a good one. It was an energetic start, lots of interesting holds, a lot of strikes, as you would expect. I'm not super fond of the whole strike strong style kind of thing, but I like it when it's Shinsuke because he does it so well. What did you make of this one?
0: I thought this was played out very well, considering the history between both tag teams. And I like the fact that there was involvement with not just Kofi and Nakamura, but also with Biggie and Cesaro. They were interfering in the match. They were trying to save their tag team partner. They were trying to help each other. But there was also a time where they got sent back to the locker room, which I thought, okay... Now that these guys have gone back into the locker, there's more light on both Kofi Kingston and Nakamura to shine even more and make this an even more interesting match. And I believe we got to see that because with this match, I really thought Kofi was going to win at a certain point. There's no way that Kofi's going to lose after this. There's no way that Kofi's going to be put down after this. But it was a surprise because Nakamura won the match.
1: Yeah, a clean victory as well, which considering both guys, Biggie and Cesaro, were ringside earlier on, I didn't think that was the way it was going to go. I thought that it would be a disqualification, but I'm glad it got to finish clean. And I'm really glad Shinsuke won in a way. He's often been put in tag team situations, whether it be with Cesaro or Sami Zayn. But it was nice to see a strong showing for Shinsuke and promising to see that perhaps in the future we'll see a return to decent singles run again. Interestingly though, like I mentioned, we did see a bit of additional furniture. Cesaro came back to the ring to congratulate Chinsuke and to lay the smackdown on Kofi a little bit, resulting in a table being brought into the ring. Luckily, though, Big E came down and saved the day. But it just kind of put the idea in my head. Do you think we're going to see some kind of extreme rules match, maybe a tag team tables match or something at the pay-per-view?
0: I think after this, it's going to be an extreme rules tag team match. If Cesaro is bringing out a table, then there's definitely going to be someone going through it. And I think that someone is going to go through it in the next two weeks or once every week until Extreme Rules?
1: Quite possibly. Now we know for a fact that there has been a tag team titles match scheduled for next week on SmackDown between these two respective teams, so I'm kind of thinking that this storyline is built enough now that they'll actually squander that opportunity, whether it be disqualification or an unconvincing win or something, and then maybe weapons are brought in and that's when the challenge is laid down for Extreme Rules. I can't see this not happening at Extreme Rules now.
0: Definitely. I'm looking forward to this, and I hope it turns into an Extreme Rules match because we've seen the New Day, the Extreme Rules match before when they had that amazing storyline with the Usos. We've seen them in Hell in a Cell. We've seen them pull off so many amazing things despite their very jolly type of nature as a tag team. So Mm. I'm just looking forward to them going absolutely nuts, especially with Nakamura and Cesaro involved in this.
1: It has all the potential to be a classic. I'm kind of thinking at some point we'll get Cesaro versus Big E as well. I think that would be an awesome match if they were given the room to really battle it out. I think we could see a real slab in our head. So that takes us through the tag team scene, as it were, because we've seen the tag champs and the women's tag team champions. And that would lead us up to the main event of the evening, a toast to Jeff Hardy. Interestingly, Jeff Hardy came down the ramp first which I wasn't expecting. And then we got a Zoom call from Seamus, who was at Seamy's Bar, which he decorated with Irish flags and Guinness memorabilia. And he cut a very scathing promo about Jeff Hardy, another fantastic promo, putting Jeff down, bringing up his past, making him out to be nothing but a junkie. I can't do his accent, but like the way he says it is cutting.
0: Can't you do his accent, fella?
1: No, okay, don't take Wow, that. Neither, no, neither can you. Wow. <laughs> that was awful. That was wor- I feel good about mine now. I feel a good, I'm, I feel great. <laughs> you better watch Seamus doesn't find you lying around. Shamey's bar. Otherwise, I think you'll be barred. You'll be exiled. Promos were good. Jeff responded saying, Was it funny to you to put me through this, to put my family through this. And Seamus said, actually, no, Jeff, I'm your friend. I just know you, I know who you are, and I know how you tick, so slip back into old ways, be who you're meant to be, have a drink. And then this is where it took a bizarre turn. Jeeves the butler, like Jeeves is like the most British name ever. This Jeeves the butler, he's never been anywhere near British heritage. Nothing about him that looked British. Or he didn't come across British in any way, shape or form. I don't know, you have to help me out there. What do you think? He didn't look like a Jeeves. What type of name is Jeeves? That's the first time I've heard Jeeves. Like, he was quite clearly Hispanic. (laughs) Okay,
0: Jeeves. Jeeves was the most non-English person I've seen. (laughs) He's standing there with spiked up hair, looking like a bodyguard at a club, except with the bartender attire. And out of nowhere, he's holding a champagne glass right up to the face of Jeff Hardy. And I thought, okay, dude, you're going to get kicked out of there anyway, so...
1: Yeah, Jeff didn't belong in that bar. It was far too fancy. So, Jeeves, inverted comment. Offered Jeff Hardy a drink Put it right under his nose Really in his face Very intent. And Jeff took the drink And poured it all over Jeeves Can you believe it? Poor Jeeves And then to add insult to injury Smacked him over the head with a glass bottle And delivered a Swanton Bomb to Jeeves What is happening?
0: (laughs) I got a really excited text from Joe this morning Saying that this episode should be called Swanton Bomb to Jeeves (laughs) It really
1: showed (laughs) I was like, what? Like, what's Jeeves got to do with this? This poor guy. Like, we'll probably see him in a couple of years on NXT because he was built as well. Like, you could see the muscles ripping through his shirt. What a debut. This is going to be Jeeves Hall of Fame story, isn't it? When he's looking back on his career in 25 years time, what was your debut like on WWE TV? Well was actually jeeves
0: <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious imagine him standing up on the podium delivering his speech i would like to thank seamus for thinking gratefully of me and letting me be his personal bartender i would like to thank jeff hardy for smacking me on the head with a glass bottle and then hitting me with a swanton ball
1: what's next for jeeves that's the question that came out of this i'm more interested in jeeves now than i am the story
0: jeeves versus jeff hardy
1: Yes, bring it on! Just in time for Extreme Rules next week. SmackDown main event. That's my main prediction. Jeeves strikes back. <laughs> what would Jeeves' finisher be? Considering he's a, like a bartender, oh, it's got to be Last Call, hasn't it? Last Call. Cause that's what they shout at bar. That's a perfect finisher for Jeeves. Jeeves, if you're listening, I'll be I'll be your manager. We'll make it together, Jeeves. Oh my days! A bit of a bizarre end to SmackDown.
0: Do you think? It definitely was. I don't think I've seen anyone get smacked on the head
1: with the bottle since the anniversary. That no, was violent. It was intense. That was
0: out of nowhere, and Randy Orton wasn't involved in this in any way, so...
1: That, what Jeeves was. <laughs> Jeeves was there.
0: <laughs> Why do I have the feeling that we're going to hear about Jeeves in a very long time to come?
1: I want more of Jeeves. <laughs> I don't know about you guys at home, but I need more Jeeves. There's so many unanswered questions. So much potential for Jeeves, honestly. I think that storyline has got a lot of potential. Jeeves for president, I swear. Speaking of that kind of whole presidency vibe and the United States, it was the 4th of July edition. Just before the end of this podcast, I'd like to point out some 4th of July themes that I spotted. It was like, where's Wally? Kofi's boots were my favorite ones. Did you see Kofi's USA boots? Yep, he had
0: one of those angel wing type of boots. His wings were
1: the American flag. Yeah, he had the Stars and Stripes boots with the angel wings. Very cool, very fitting for Kofi. We also saw Bailey rocking some Stars and Stripes sunglasses. Probably the biggest most noticeable statement was Drew Gulak, a change of trunks to red and white stripes. The old American... American flags, so it was cool to see those things pop up i love a bit of theming so i was happy with that a nice addition to the 4th of july episode of smackdown if you spotted some that i didn't i'm sure there were probably more i'm sure someone like sasha banks probably snuck something in. she's a great dresser please let us know via social media on instagram and on twitter and also i just want to say a big hello to sam from wales who's been listening to us wales is next to england in the united kingdom for anybody who doesn't know i used to live in wales and when i tell people here like because we're broadcasting from dubai people are like where's wales wales is a great country there's so much that wales has including sam who's an absolute superstar for listening to our show so thank you very much sam sam actually disagrees with us on a number of points and um, she made a point of telling me so if you do disagree with us, Sam, great. Let us know what you think and we'll discuss it on our show. How can people get in touch with us, Shosie? You can find us on Twitter. Let us know what you think, at WrestleDude. And you can do the
0: same on Instagram, at WrestleGram.
1: Sure can. Something you might want to discuss with us online are your predictions for next week's episode of SmackDown. Now, we already know that we're going to get The New Day versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. There was also a promo for... Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Bailey and Banks. What are your thoughts on that one? I thought you might like this.
0: I definitely will. So I think that the New Day are going to lose, giving more momentum to Cesaro and Nakamura, potentially taking the titles off of them at Extreme Rules. So I'm looking forward to that. I really, really hope that this is a Extreme Rules match And both of these teams just go absolutely crazy on one another. For Sasha and Billy versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I believe that Alexa and Nikki are going to win because after what we saw tonight, there's a lot of frustration from Nikki's side and Alexa's side. So I believe they're going to use that to their advantage, turn it into their motivation and win the match.
1: Interesting points. Now, we know that actually next week, the New Day versus Cesaro and Nakamura is a tag team titles match. So if Nakamura and Cesaro did win, they'd actually take the belts with them, which would be a cool twist before the pay-per-view. Not a traditional approach, though. Normally, belts tend to swap hands at pay-per-views as opposed to the episode or so before. But it's not unheard of. So it'd be cool to see which direction they take with that. My thoughts on that are that there's going to be an interruption or a disqualification or, or something. There's going to be something that's going to result in this spilling over into extreme rules, like you said, and maybe that's where we'll see the titles change. You never know. Alexa and Nikki versus Bailey and Banks. Now, that is such a hard one to call, isn't it? I guess if, if Alexa and Nikki win, then it gives them... A bit of weight in the tag team title scene. They'll get another shot, perhaps, and then maybe Bailey and Sasha drop the belts, and that's when the fallout is, so that their match builds for SummerSlam, if, if that's what's actually happening. But I don't know if I see it happening with the role that Bailey and Banks are on. It's so hard to predict with these two because they're on every show at the moment. You don't know what their picture's going to look like next week. Bailey is actually going head-to-head against Oscar on Raw this coming Monday in a champions versus champions match. So, but we don't know what's going to happen there. So is that going to change the day of the land with Sasha and Bailey do you think? We don't know what Sasha and Bailey were going to get this time next week.
0: I think that Asuka is going to win that one because we did see her lose last week. So I believe Asuka is going to win. And I don't think that their wins or losses carry too much weight when they travel to different shows because it's all about that one brand once they're on it.
1: Yeah, I am really excited to watch that. And it did kind of make my ears prick up a bit and go, oh, actually, Raw might be good this week. That old chestnut <laughs> its just not delivered. Another thing we're going to see next week, which I think is a result of quarantining, got to be we're going to see a replay of braun Strowman versus bray wyatt from money in the bank which no one wants to see really i mean i guess if you've not seen money in the bank it'll be a good watch but it seems a long time ago now doesn't it that they had that match put it on youtube or something for people to watch don't take up an episode of smackdown with it smackdown's great at the moment there's loads that they could do it sounds like maybe that people need to quarantine maybe for the next two weeks we might not see aj styles or something because he'll be quarantining for extreme rules i, I honestly don't know what the scene is like at the moment can you shed any light on that do you know much about it
0: yeah i really think it's just because there are so many people who have got to quarantine so i really hope that this is. Something temporary, because if this is going to turn into a weekly thing, I don't really appreciate that as a fan, because I don't want to see matches from the past. That's why you have the network. And mm-hmm. that's why we watch SmackDown and Raw for the new matches for the new
1: stuff, not the old for sure. In this instance, you're off the hook, WWE. But it does make you think Bailey can appear on every single show, and she's definitely one of their heavier assets at the moment. If they're willing to risk that, then why not Braun and Bray? But nonetheless, hey-ho, we get what we're given, and we'll make the best of it. One thing I am really hoping for next week is an extra slice of John Morrison. How good would that be? I would love to see him in action next week on SmackDown. Maybe a re against Riddle, or do you think we'll get Riddle Corbin or maybe Riddle Miz? Perhaps, and then set the match with Corbin at Extreme Rules. Seeing that there's two weeks until Extreme Rules, so I think we'll get Matt
0: Riddle versus The Miz next week and then possibly a 2-on-1 handicap the week Ooh. before Extreme Rules. Yeah. So let's see exactly. how that plays out. I don't think Matt Riddle is going to get Baron Corbin until Extreme Rules.
1: Maybe Miss Morrison can wreak some havoc on Riddle like they did to Braun Strowman. Maybe they can sabotage his sandals or something. (laughs) 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 I pay money to watch that. I loved that. I loved that whole story. So that just about does it for me. Overall, I'm going to have to say Star of the Night. I've got to give it to John Morrison. How about you? John Morrison. Hands down. I thought we might agree there, 100%. And Moment of the Night, Mm, it's got to be the Swanton Bomb to Jeeves. Like, hands down. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It's like
0: Jeeves has turned into your superhero favorite or something like that in just 10 minutes.
1: They should rebrand as (laughs) Jeeves. I wish they wouldn't. (laughs) Don't do it.
0: (laughs) But moment of the night, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on there. Jeeves getting that swanton ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do take it too seriously and we say, oh, you know, what was that? But for this... Do you know what, Jeeves? You've already stole my heart. So uh, you might as well have a moment of the night. It's the least I can do. Um, we've done predictions. So for me, I'm done. Case closed. Decent episode of SmackDown. They made a lot out of a little. What with the whole COVID situation. Before I go, I'd like to wish the WWE superstars and the universe and you at home a safe week before we see you again next week. Hope things are easing for you at home. Life's a bit more like normal and that you and your friends and family are staying safe.
0: Absolutely. Along with that, I'd like to wish our listeners and everyone around the world a very safe and healthy time. Make sure you're safe. Make sure you're following health and safety guidelines. But if you are looking to spend some time and learn about more pro wrestling, make sure you catch our episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of other podcasting streaming platforms.
1: For sure, it's a great way to spend the time if you're quarantining. There's nothing more than I like than to just kind of curl up with a decent podcast. And I like that we're now offering an educational service as well, Josie. Learn more about pro wrestling. <laughs> nice. It's like the Firefly Funhouse with Joe and Shosie. We should get some puppets. We could broadcast from a swamp. Oh my gosh, this is writing itself.
0: I think we'd have to broadcast from a desert, seeing that we live in Dubai. But that could be That's a big... true. <laughs> Where is the nearest swamp? <laughs> But it has been absolutely amazing to be able to bring you the updates, results, and reviews on this episode of Friday Night Smackdown. I've been Chozy. I've been Joe. And until next time.